0: To have all of you here, oh my word, is God not good? I mean, in that worship, could you could you feel the Spirit just settle down next to you? Could you feel Him wrap His arms around you? Could you feel the reality of God's presence? Lord, we want to we want to worship You for the fact that You here, You now, You're a present and real God with us. Lord God, we. We want to acknowledge your presence, Lord God. Not only now, but we want to be the kind of people that are constantly aware of you being with us. We want to be the kind of people that are responding to your leading continuously. We want to be the kind of people that are that are bringing that heaven on earth atmosphere wherever we go. Holy Spirit, I pray that today, as I preach, Lord God, some of that would rub off on everyone. Today, as I minister, Lord God, more of that reality would come into our hearts. Father God, we we want more of everything you are. Lord God, we are not enough without you. Come, come. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen and amen. You know, I just, I wanted to start the sermon off with, doing some ministry, because I feel like sometimes we can get kind of into an intellectual mode where we're just gathering information. But there's there's got to be a place where we experience the power of God, the, the reality of who he is and what he does. So I'm going to start with some prophetic words. If you have not experienced prophecy before, it's simply us hearing from God the delightful, incredible, powerful love that he feels for us as individuals and reporting that to people so that they can be encouraged they can be strengthened, they can be comforted in areas. So, um, cameras, if you can follow me over there this way, can I go all over this way? Fantastic. Um, Lady, you're wearing a pink dress. Beautiful pink dress. I feel like the Lord wants to speak to you and and talk to you about a future He has for for you. I hear Him saying that there have been there's been like this this waterfall of difficulties that have barraged your life. Maybe in the last six six months to a year, where it's just it seemed like you just got over one difficulty and there was another one, and many of them were not of your own making. It was just like circumstance after circumstance after circumstance just seemed to bombard you. And and there was a cry in your heart that was saying, God, when will this end? When when will I have breakthrough? When will when will things be different in you and and just easy? And I hear the Lord saying, My daughter, I am I am putting in you a resilience, a strength, a might that will cause you to be a breakthrough agent. I am not just going to break through on your behalf. I am going to break through through you into the world. I am going to cause you to be the kind of person that steps into other people 's lives and pulls them out of the, the difficulties into the victory of Christ, I hear him saying, my daughter i 'm coming in dreams, in visions, in experiences that you have to change your outlook of who you are, to change your outlook of what the world is, and to lead you into a victory that is so much more than you ever than you 've ever asked or you 've ever dreamed. I hear the Lord saying this that there is a, there is a new wave of of love coming into your life that's love for the lord just an appreciation of his goodness but there's also relationships that have been broken or strained and i hear the lord saying i'm coming to fix those relationships i'm coming to bring a restoration and a life in that place that the the life that i am pouring out on you will indeed not only impact you but every one of those relationships and i hear the lord saying do not be afraid my daughter i've seen you i've heard you I've chosen you i 've marked you and i 'm raising you up in strength and power amen and amen God bless you God bless you God bless you I believe lady, you've got, a lady you 've got is it a denim shirt that you 're wearing a light blue denim shirt yes you I, I hear the Lord speaking to you and just um, again speaking about your uh, where he wants to take you but I but I hear him saying that I have that there has been a that There's been a road that you've walked that has been full of potholes. And, and what that means is you, you would be walking along expecting something and suddenly just things were different. And it was like there was a... It was almost like you felt like you stepped in a pothole that you didn't know was there. And I, I just hear the Lord saying that he's coming to smooth out the road before you. He's coming to, he's coming to put... Um, uh, community members and and people around you that will will also help to to uh, warn you there's a pothole there there's something there go this way go that way go there's a there's a way in which he is dealing with the obstacles that are in front of you, but he's also putting you in a place where there are people around you that will steer you, help you, direct you. I hear him saying that there's been a loneliness in your heart for the longest time, but that he is removing that, and he is, he is, um, he is putting you into strong relationships that are life-giving, and there will be great joy to your life. I also hear him saying that you have a... You have a, a, a keen mind that is able to sort through um, difficult scenarios quite easily and be, you're able to evaluate things quite quite well. You, you haven't seen the fullness of this in your life because you, you're really just getting going on the journey that God has for you. But I hear the Lord saying that there are opportunities coming for you to study further, to learn more, to, to grow in areas, and that he, he is going to um, lead you into um, a greater community of people that are are going to help you and mentor you along that road and I hear him saying that well I see you um, in years to come and you're you're standing at the head of a great multitude of men and women who have come to learn from you and come to be led into right living and goodness and strength and victory through the wisdom that rests on you and I hear the Lord saying my daughter do not give up although it seems like it's just such a almost confusing environment right now. He is sorting through the confusion for you and he is leading you to a strong and safe place and he is raising you up to be a voice of wisdom and life and direction for many people. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Sammy spoke about when she closed worship that there was someone with a cancer diagnosis and I, as she was saying that it was just really resonating in my heart. But I also feel like there are, there are some people here that um, you might be on the screen, you might be in the hall, but that, that have, been battling, have been battling with some kind of chronic illnesses. For some people, I feel like there's there's been like almost a premature diagnosis of arthritis of some kind of joint joint issues that I feel like God wants to heal. Is there anyone here that is like that? I'm going to pray for it, whether you're here or you're on screen. But is there anyone that's been battling with painful joints, painful joints? Fantastic! Thank you, thank you, two, two of you. Um, so great. I also, I also felt like there were there were some people. I feel like there's a, like almost a residual of long COVID that some people are battling with, where it's it's affected your mind, it's affected your capacity to function well in life. Maybe you still battle. Apparently, there's someone outside with back back problems, joints in their back problems. But I feel like there's some people with um, some long COVID issues that God really wants to heal. Are there any people here that are battling with, with symptoms of long COVID? If you can, just raise your hand if that's you. I know my husband is, so he's going to raise his hand. <laughs> but there we go at the back over, over there. Thank you. And if there's anyone outside or on screen, can we just pray for these? I feel like God wants to... You know what? There's something about... God's desire to demonstrate His goodness—it's not just that He wants us to know intellectually that He's good; He wants us to feel His goodness, to experience it dynamically in our bodies, in our minds, in our emotions. And I feel like He wanted to come and do that for you today. So, if that's you, won't you, won't you just stand up? Any of those things I've called up—it's been joint pain. Only um, is that you with back issues? Oh, my gosh, I'm so delighted to pray for you. Um, those of you who've been battling with long COVID, did I call out anything else? Well, those are two things I called out. Fantastic. If you're close to them, just extend your hands. Even if you're far, just extend your hands. If you, if you know them and you're sharing COVID, COVID environments anyway, why don't you just lay hands on them? Those in our ministry team, you can just walk up and lay your hands behind the person. Let's really trust for a breakthrough in all of these, these people's lives. Holy Spirit, we... As we, we've invited you and you here, Lord, we feel your presence. We we feel the nearness of the supernatural. We we feel the feel the nearness of your powerful love. And Lord God, right now I'm praying for each person here, Lord. Lord God, I first of all I just speak to those joint issues. Maybe maybe it's arthritis, maybe it's damage. Lord God, right now in Jesus' name, I speak to those joints and I say, Be free, be open. I speak to any uh, deposits that have come there that shouldn't be there and I command you to dissolve. Right now, I just feel like some... I mean, I know nothing about medicine, but I just saw like chunks of, of bony stuff in your joints that wasn't supposed to be there. Right now, I just break that off right now in Jesus' name. I say, no more. No more. No more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just freedom. 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 Pain-free movement. Thank you, Lord. And right now, I speak to that. Those long COVID symptoms in people's lives, just the brain fog, the lethargy, the, the problems in the chemistry of their bodies. Right now we just speak complete healing and restoration. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you calm those systems that are in overdrive, Lord God. Those places that have been damaged by blood clots or just circulation problems. Right now we just speak healing and restoration to those. Lord God, we just speak clarity of thinking, just vigor, life in their bodies, Lord God, energy again. Lord God, we speak where those those hearts of just even become depressed because of it, Lord God, we just speak a reinvigoration of your presence and enjoyment for life, passion for the future to come upon them right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. My friends, I don't know if any of you can actually tell whether your long COVID symptoms have gone. Maybe you just got a spurt of energy or suddenly things got clear. I don't know. Your your breathing got better. But I I know that if you had joint issues, you probably could tell a difference. I'm going to ask you if you... um, Ernie, why don't you just touch your toes a couple of times and see what happens? But if you can just check out that joint pain and just maybe indicate to me... Gone, my friend. Amazing, amazing. I, there were some joint issues at the back, there, at the front, at the side. Here, it, can you check out those things? Move your arm. Pick up your leg. How's it doing? Is there improvement over there? Fantastic. Thank. Uh, at the back, can we just give the Lord a hand? God knows what it means to be human. He's not, he's not oblivious to our pain and our struggles. That's the message of Christmas, that God stepped down into our world. God knows what it means to be human. God knows what it means to be human. The one who started the universe, who put the stars in their place, you thought Einstein invented the theory of relativity. Well, God invented it, Einstein discovered it. The one who created all the laws of the universe, made the earth spin around the sun, made the moon spin around the earth, gave us the trees and the seasons and the beauty of creation, who, who fashioned your very body into existence. That God, the creator of the universe, Yahweh, became a baby. He cried. He missed his nappy. He stubbed his toe. He scraped his knee. He had to learn to walk like every other human being. He had to learn to talk like every other human being. He, fail, he felt our frailty, our vulnerability, our pain. Christmas despite what, what the media tells us, it's not so much about gifts and presents. It's about, it's about incarnation. It's just a big word for the, the unseen God clothing himself with humanity, clothing himself with flesh and stepping into your world, my world, so that he could be known so that he could be seen, so that he could be understood. Not known from a distance, or known intellectually, or known through writings, but he could be known as flesh and blood. Our God knows what it means to be human. He experienced what you and I experienced. He felt, he felt the loneliness, the rejection. He felt pain beyond your wildest imagination. He felt hungry. He felt desolate. He felt, he felt the things we feel at the same time. He felt the beautiful experience of a high-five with, five, high five with a friend. He felt the joy of a shared meal. He felt the camaraderie of that inside joke. He walked with us. He talked with us. He died with us. Christ Jesus knows what it means to be human. And that means we can trust him. That means we can relate to him. That means he's a reliable guide for our everyday lives. His footsteps, says Psalms, become a pathway on which we can walk because our God knows what it means to be human. I want to preach through Isaiah 9, the scripture we quote, quoted right in the beginning of the service and Musa just Sang so beautifully on, thank you. That was just, I could feel the, the power and the anointing of God as that truth just rolled over us, that of the increase of his government, there is no end. But I, through this Christmas series, right until Christmas, until the day after Christmas, we're going to be preaching through Isaiah 9. So we just, I'm going to read it to you, and then I will, I will pull out some pieces for our sermon today. For to us a child is born, Isaiah 9, 6 says, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do it you know god having an, a unique god having a human experience is unique to christianity there is no religion in the world that would deny that that the creator of the universe and humanity, that there has to be a gap between us because the reality of a world that a creator would live in versus the reality of the world that the created beings would live in, there's a vast difference and there's a gap between our experiences. There's a gap in our, between the understanding of God and, and humanity and there's, there's this, this vast void between us that has to be, has to be bridged in some way. Every, every religion tries to bridge that gap in some way by rituals, by uh, works, um, by mediators, by um, anything that would step into that gap to try and bridge it. There's only one religion that had God step into that gap himself to say, come, I am going to bridge the distance between us. I'm going to make a way so that I can be known. Interestingly in Islam one of the great tenets of Islam is the transcendence of God which we also believe but they believe in it in such a way that all these scholars will tell you I read two uh, Muslim scholars that talked about the fact that, that God is in essence in the religion of Islam unknowable. Unknowable. He can be worshipped, he can be revered, but he cannot be known. And many religions follow that kind of course of understanding about who God is. Christianity is unique amongst the religions of the world. And then it says God wants to be known and has made a way to be known through Jesus Christ. This is the message of Christmas, that God stepped down to be known. As we, as we look at this particular scripture, I want to mention something, and I, I see someone in the audience who, who's going to know what I'm saying, or is going to um, feel this as a personal um, response to some of our conversations I want to assure that person that that is not the case at all (laughs) but but if your religion gives you something other than Jesus Christ to stand in that gap between God and us it's not Christianity so if your religion gives you ancestors or prophets all saints, all rituals, all sangomas, all sacrifices, all works that would try to bridge the gap between you and God, would make a mediation between you and God, it's not the tenets of Christianity. Christianity undoubtedly states, says, and demonstrates through the life of Jesus Christ that there is only one mediator and that is God himself. That we do not have to go through other people to find God, that each and every one of us can go directly to him for what we need. With my apologies to that person, I love you with great, great, great love. I, I want us to look at the first sentence in that scripture. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And I'm going to spend all my time on that first sentence. Because it's so rich and so full. And we'll spend other sermons on other parts of this passage of scripture. But to us a child is born, to us a son is given. I want you to think about that sentence for a moment. It talks in the present tense. It was a prophecy given approximately 600 years ago about the coming of Christ. I mean, it's, it's one of the most blatant prophecies that was entirely by, fulfilled sorry, entirely by Christ. For to us... A son, a child is born to us, a son is given. Written in the present tense. It's kind of weird because it wasn't happening at the time that the prophecy was written. Normal grammar would say you would write it as there will be a son who will be given. There will be a child who, who will come. But he didn't write it like that. He said, for to us, a child is born. And this, this giant eternal present tense is so significant. Because Isaiah, when he was writing, it wasn't just writing a prophecy. He was stating a reality. He was, he was looking into the giant reality of eternity and saying, this is a present reality. That people at that moment, even before Christ who who was to come before Christ had come? They, they, they could tap into that reality in the now and have it be a reality that would bring them salvation. Did you know that? Before Christ came, you could be saved through the faith in a Messiah that was to come. And when we look at it now after the fact, I mean, to us it should be written, a son has come. But it, it doesn't, it still stands as he's been given to us now. It's a now reality, and I think it's so significant because really what it is saying is that this is an eternal now truth. No matter where you are in history, this will always be true now for you. that that Christ will always be available now as the given Son, as the, the God stepping into your reality to bridge the gap between your understanding and God's understanding, to bridge the gap between your pain and suffering and the victory of Christ, to bridge the gap between your mortality and the immortality of the living God. There is always... This truth of God stepping into you now. And that is so significant because what it means is that we're not living in a historic event, we're living in a now event. We're not living in a future event, we're living now that Christ is given, that that something has changed, that right now there's an ever living transformation of my life that I can tap into now. I'm not waiting for some future event. I can live in the now reality of transformation, of eternal life coming to me. I'm not waiting for heaven. Guys, I'm not waiting for heaven to start living. I'm not waiting for some future event. The Bible is now. Christ is now. He's given now. And I can live in that now. So I want you I want to talk about three things I basically said the first one that that Christ is given in your now in your weakness and in your victory Paul the apostle in 2 Corinthians 6 he he quotes Psalm 8, and he, he, he says this. He says, Now, is the t- today is the day of favor. Today is the day of salvation. He's speaking to the Corinthians who are battling with some, some sin issues and some difficulties. And he's calling them to say that now is the time to be transformed, to change, and to live in the reality of Christ. And really what he's, he's speaking out is the heart of God. He's speaking out into the lives of the Corinthians at the time, but stretching across history into our lives, God's speaking to each and every one of you, don't wait for something future. Now is the time. My, my grace is present to you now. My power is present to you now. I'm not waiting for you to clean up your act. I'm not waiting for you to make things better. I'm not waiting for you to do something different. Now you can access my grace. And of course that grace will make you live different, will, will allow you to make changes. But the, the truth is that you can't just clean up your life and then get God. We have to get God and our lives will be cleaned up. So there's a, a giant call, like a resounding voice coming from heaven, calling to your soul, now is the day of salvation. And of course the stands, But uh, if you don't know Christ, Christ saying to you right now, you can come to me and you can receive salvation. But to those of you who have received the salvation of your souls through Jesus Christ, this is also something God's saying, now is the time of favor, that my favor is on you, my grace is on you now, receive that. And allow that to transform you and live out a new reality. There's also a a really beautiful verse in Habakkuk 3. And I'm going to go to my notes so that I can read it well. It says this from verse 2. Habakkuk, the prophet, is talking to God and he says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. I don't know how you feel about the world right now. But when I turn on the news or look at my news on my phone, I am, I am constantly feeling like, where can this possibly end? It feels like bad news after bad news after bad news. And and with Habakkuk, my heart cries out, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I've heard of your deeds. When I read my Bible, I see a different reality. I see a God intervening in the affairs of men and changing nations, disciplining nations, causing nations to come into the, into his works and his ways. I see a miracle-working God who steps down and does things. I see a God that turns a small amount of loaves into enough to feed a multitude. I see water into wine. I see de- dead men standing up. I see... Life coming in places of destruction. When I look back and I read the reports of God's fame, I see a different reality. And with Habakkuk, I feel like there's a cry rising from each of our hearts God, renew it in our days. God, let it not just be something that we know about in history. Lord God, let it be the now reality of our lives. But we can see from these two scriptures that I've alluded to that there is a, there is, God's heart is the same as our heart. And there is a meeting of this in Jesus Christ. And I guess my call to each and every one of us is to take our eyes off the damaged, broken world. And to put it on a card whose answer is yes. That we would be a generation that would live in the reality of what's already been done. Would live in the now reality of a victory that is so complete in Christ Jesus. How do we do that? I don't know. You're going to have to figure it out in your own life, I know some things, is that when we face with hardships, we choose to believe in the goodness of God despite what we see. When we, we experience impossible situations, we say nothing's impossible, Christ rose from the dead. we when we threaten with depression and melancholy we we turn and we say Christ Jesus is now when you're facing impossibility our answer has got to be God is here he's in your now he's in your everyday he's in your weakness I have a blue couch there on purpose some of you are laughing because you, you get the, the illustration. You remember that blue couch? Do you remember that blue couch during the writing in July that someone got and then proudly displayed? The only blue couch produced in South Africa. Famous, by a famous designer, they, they had the audacity to actually display it in their little homestead, proclaiming to the whole world, I stole this couch. It's almost a perfect symbol of humanity's brokenness. Christ is in our weakness. And when I look at, look at our weakness, I'm really thinking about, first of all, humanity's brokenness, our willful sin, and our idolatry. What if... What if your brokenness was actually your superpower? What if your brokenness was actually your superpower? The Bible proclaims boldly that his power is made perfect in our weakness. Andrew and I have a mutual friend who who grew up very isolated and as a result of growing up so isolated, suffered with social phobia, really, really battled to, and battles to feel comfortable around people and around crowds and what this person did is they they began to ask god how how can i overcome this how can i be do well in crowds and in amongst people, and, and God would kind of give this person tips here and tips there. They would think of things to do. They would start doing that. They would look for the, the outsider in the group and go and talk to that person and draw them in, and, and would, they kind of learned technically, like very academically, how to start a conversation. You know, it wasn't like just this natural thing that flowed out. Them and God, they kind of went to school, went to social school. And interestingly enough, that person reported to me the other day that they, they were having a conversation with someone and they told them about their social phobias. And this person turned to them and said, what? You? There's no way. You're the most socially adept person I've ever seen. Because you'll see, your brokenness actually is your superpower. That is the thing that makes you lean on the grace of God. That allows his power to shine through the cracks in your earthen vessel. And make you look so much better than you ever would have been on your own. So we all have blue couches somewhere. We've all all willfully gone and done some wrong things. But you see, God, Jesus Christ is in that weakness too. And he's extending forgiveness for those things that fill you with shame. And you you wish you had made another choice and you'd wish you'd gone another way. And there's his grace calling us, saying, All is forgiven. Turn, come to me. But even as we go about our everydays, there's not one person in this world that at some stage isn't going to do a willful sin again. You know what I'm saying? It won't be a blue couch. But it'll be something. It'll be a moment when you just choose to be grumpy. It's a moment when you choose to respond with the wrong words. It's a a moment when you choose to just not care. And something God spoke to me the other day, he said, doesn't make a difference that I'm with you. Would you make that choice if you were aware that I was standing next to you? And my answer is no. It's kind of like stealing that that last sweet from the forbidden sweet jar when your mother's standing right next to you. No, you're not going to do it. But the, the beauty of God is, is so much more is that not only is he, is he there and present and kind of aware of your choices, but he has the power to change what you choose as you turn to him. He's a very present help in those times to change your response to your environment. Does it make a difference that God is there? Yes, the answer is yes, it does. Idolatry. You know, I... Idolatry is a big word and, uh, you know, not well understood in present day, but indeed it is, the, it is the biggest issue that humanity faces. What do we worship instead of God? What do we lean on instead of God? Have you ever been climbing a tree? I know none of you were climbing a tree this morning, but, you know, remember When? You were climbing a tree and you, you reached out to that branch and it was dead and it broke under your hands. And as you fell, you know, the branch cut your knee or your hand. It was a horrible experience. My husband actually fell out of a 10 meters out of a tree for doing just that. Praise God, he survived. But, but you know, the Bible makes an allusion to this. It's, it talks about how we can sometimes lean on things that are like um, rotten staffs, rotten walking sticks. And as we lean on them, they break, and the, the splintered end pierces our hand. And it, it kind of alludes to us relying on things that are unable to save us. If I want to put another phrase to it, I would call, us, call it our false messiahs. Those things that we we hope will make our life better but they turn out to just be rotten sticks and as we lean on them, they break and pierce our hand and we end up worse off because of our reliance on them. Perhaps some of you have relationships like that. You're relying on these things and they are inadequate to bring you the joy that you're expecting. Some You are relying on activities like... I could think of so many, but then I'm thinking that's going to be so personal for all of you. And do I want you to come back? Yes, I do want you to come back. I want you free also. Thank you, my friend. You see, Christ is here right with me in the form of you. But we can be relying on partying, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, alcohol. Spending money great possessions, even on that job. But the truth is, none of them have capacity to bring you the life you are craving. None of them have capacity to bring you the life you are craving. And as you lean on them, they will surely break and they will surely pierce your hand. But you see, God is with us in our weakness, and we can turn our reliance from those things to his presence with us. And though it seems very abstract, I promise you that he can provide those very things that you have been longing for. He's in your weakness, and lastly, he is in your victory. Hebrews 2, from verse 9, says this. By the grace of God, Jesus tasted death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. The phrase I want us to bring us to is, in bringing many sons to glory. You see, this is the victory that Christ won for us. He died on the cross. He paid for our sins. He was resurrected to show us that nothing could hold him down, that God is conquering over all things, that he's defeated sin and death and sickness, that he's put all of these things under his feet as a man, and that he's, he's walking ahead of us into victory. But the victory is so much more than he just does things for us. His victory is that he changes who we are. His victory is that as we come to him, he turns us into sons of glory, daughters of glory. That our identity changes, our position changes, who we are changes, our belonging changes, everything changes. And he's in the work of transforming our souls from broken, desolate, Hopeless human beings into ones that are inheritors of the glory of God, that are administrators of God's kingdom on earth, who stand as the gatekeepers for God's presence into areas, into families, into peoples, into relationships. This is the victory—not just that He defeated sin, death, and sickness, but that He He brought us into a new reality. And we can live from that new place, not as patched up sick people, but as transformed sons and daughters of the Most High God, carrying His glory, administrating His kingdom, leading into righteousness, standing as gatekeepers in situations of His glory coming into that area. When you go to work on Monday, and maybe some of you are not going to go to work for a couple of weeks, but when you do go back to work after the holidays, you stand as a gatekeeper of God's presence in that place. When you go to those family reunions that happen around Christmas and those aunts and uncles that you haven't seen for five years and were so happy that you haven't seen them are going to be there, you stand as a gatekeeper. Of God's presence. As a son and daughter of the most high God. God, Because he's bringing sons to glory. He's bringing daughters to glory. That's the victory we hold. I did that line across the bottom. Because I wanted to remind myself. To mention this. that, That this victory is a journey. It's it's an immediate immediate legal reality that happens the minute you accept Christ. But the manifestation of you standing in the glory that he has for you is a process, a journey, an everyday walking with the now presence of Jesus Christ as he transforms the way you think, as as he builds your faith, as he allows you to actually stand in the reality of the victory that he's already given you. My hope is that we would walk consistently down that path. We would unwaveringly face the goodness that he has ahead of us. We we wouldn't turn back, that we wouldn't stall, that we wouldn't sit down on the path, but we would, as we face the difficulties that are indicative of the fact that we still have a way to go, that we wouldn't stop in that process, but that we would take his hand and walk into the future that he has for us, consistently believing that he's bringing us to glory. That he's bringing sons and daughters to glory. That is the victory that we have. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you can go to the final slide. Thank you, great team. Thank you, Lord, that you know what it means to be human. That you stepped into our reality and that it's a now reality. Lord God, I thank you that you're in our weaknesses. That no matter how great our weaknesses are, God, you're here with us. You're here in our willful sin. You're here in our unintentional brokenness. You're here in our weakness. Lord God, you're here to help us take our hands off that broken stick of idolatry and put it on the the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you... You're leading us to victory. Indeed, Lord God, you are our victory. You are our victory. So, Father, I want to pray for everyone now. As we we celebrate Christmas, I pray that it would be the victorious joy that it was meant to be. Lord God, I pray that we wouldn't celebrate it just as as a tradition, Lord God, but that the reality of Christ with us now. The reality of Christ being in our, in our weakness and the reality of Christ leading us to a victory in which we are sons and daughters of the Most High God living in His glory, gatekeepers of His presence. Lord God, I ask, I ask, I ask that we would live in that reality this Christmas. And Lord God, not just this Christmas, but forever. But forever. Forever. Lord God, help us to think rightly about you and about us. Help us to think rightly about the world around us. Lord God, let us not be deceived. Let us not be deceived by the reports of destruction, danger, evil, Lord God. Let us us know the reality of the increase of his government and of peace. There is no end. Lord God, that is the side that we stand on. That is the side from which we minister. That is the, the place from which we think. Lord God, I'm praying that everyone here would think from that place. Because Lord God, you're faithful. And despite so many of the difficulties around us, we can be assured that this is the reality that, that will prevail and Father God, we want to be with you in that triumph. When it is manifested across our nation, in our families, in our businesses, we want, to, we want to not shamefacedly say, I never knew. We want to be absolutely standing there and say, yes, this is what we'd hoped for. Father God, come. Come now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. My friends, I feel like there is there is at least one person here that as I've been preaching, you, you have felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit and you felt the need to recommit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask us to all stand and we're all going to pray this prayer together. And if that is you, I would love you to pray it sincerely from your heart and, and trust God for a transformation. Can we all pray this, Lord Jesus? I come to you. Lord, I humble myself. I acknowledge that I've been trying to govern my own life my own way. Lord, I surrender to you. And I ask that the victory that you've already won would become my victory. Lord, I I give my life to you. And I ask that you would be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen thank you lord if that's you and you prayed the prayer and maybe it's not the first time you've prayed the prayer but you you feel like you want to you want to make a change and you want this to be a pivotal time in your life i'm going to ask if you would come and speak to me after the service or you can come and speak to pastor andrew or pastor musa or any of the leaders here just make sure we know what you've done so that we can help you walk and 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 live out that commitment so father god we just worship you and we give you praise Over to you, worship team.